Welcome into the AU Radio Comics Corner. I think you never outgrow your love of these stories. A weekly look at new and upcoming comic book releases. I loved anything that was imaginative, that was high concept, that was a little bit bigger than life. Join us. You guys are great. Pull up a beanbag chair, settle in, and thumb through this week's issues with George and Travis. Purveyors of entertainment, we hope. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome on down to the next issue of the Comics Corner Podcast, which I so so rarely actually go and check what issue we're on. <laughs> but we're on like... what 48. 48. There we go. Issue 48. We're creeping up on 50. Thanks, Jen. You're <laughs> well, welcome. Good morning, Jen. Good morning. Hi, Travis. Hi, George. You, uh... All right. Let's, uh, let's, let's talk comics. What are those? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 um, comedians that that stand up in front of a crowd and uh, oh. do comedy. Yeah, I don't do that. And okay. that thing you need to get caught up on. That, that, that thing. Yeah, also that. <laughs> also that. <laughs> there were yeah, there were some of those that came out this week. There was uh, yeah. We're we gonna jump right into uh, Conan. Conan. Gonna gonna do some Marvel. Like once once again, one of those comic you know those stand ups you know Mr. Conan O'Brien. Yeah. Okay, sorry. That would be just, a much different book. That would be, yeah, especially if or it was like a much different show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do like a wife swap, but like, but role swap. You know, like Conan O'Brien can be the barbarian, and Conan can interview celebrities. Oh, geez, that would not go over well. <laughs> no, All those right. poor guests. So Conan, yeah. he's uh, this story happens with him uh, going back to his village to visit his grandma. Oh, how does that go? Uh, horribly, oh. <laughs> as as all Conan stories go. Well, me mom Conan not not happy to see your grand grandchild. Especially not initially, if the, especially if the cover's anything to go by. Well, that's the the carnageized cover. Oh, which okay, looks I see. Really cool. It does, but you know, not d- not good for a family gathering. I don't I don't <laughs> usually go in for the the carnageized and the venomized, yeah, but yeah. that one just looked really neat. Right. But yeah, Conan goes home, and uh, apparently he at one point had made a wizard mad, Oh, like you do as Conan, <laughs> and uh, he put like this weird curse on his village, and oh, that sucks. everybody was rabid and trying to kill Conan. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, poor that so, guy. So wackiness ensues, and he has to deal with that. Does he, does he find the wizard? No. No. Oh. Well, he's in a different place, controlling them from afar. Like they do. Yeah, cowardly wizards. <laughs> Probably <laughs> off in a corner with poop in his beard. <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> hey. Below the belt. Below the belt. Come on. As I knock over my wizard. <laughs> and we've broken Jack. <laughs> We managed to make it in three minutes. <laughs> yes, we did. Uh, so, <laughs> there was another uh, really cool one from Marvel, The Powers of X. Yeah, and I'm I'm not even joking. I'm going to keep up on this one. This is, uh, this is probably the weirdest, most interesting X-Men run that, I mean, Jonathan Hickman could, you know, cook up. Did you read it? You read it, Jen. I did, and there were people I knew who they were in this one. <laughs> and there were probably there were also lots of people that we aren't familiar with, but are a weird amalgamation of like five other characters and things like that. Um, this is uh, they're doing 
it seems like from the setup of like the very first page, they're gonna have like four distinct like periods of time that they're focusing on. Uh, year one, which is like the dream of Charles Xavier before it all gets going. Uh, year ten, which I feel is where we're at in the House of X with uh, Xavier with the creepy helmet thing going on. Yeah, they match. Right. Um, and then uh, they have it 100 years later and then 1,000 years later. And they do hop around and start telling different stories of weird, you know, wh- where the world is at based on this particular uh, tangent of the timeline that we're now kind of on with Jonathan Hickman's run of X-Men. Uh, and it's pretty crazy. I like that they changed the color scheme and the art style slightly so mm-hmm. that it was easier to visualize which time period you were yeah. in. Yeah. And that was nice because I haven't ever read X-Men before, just X-23 and a couple Wolverine stories. Sure, and so yeah. I don't know who most of these characters are short of the old, wet 90s cartoon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it was and nice they, to have they that they actually trigger. had, uh, this, this one uh, leans heavily on Nimrod. Mm-hmm. Which actually does show up in the old '90s cartoon yeah. too. I I don't have I don't really know anything about Nimrod. What can, what is he in an elevator he's, pitch? So he's uh, the the ultimate uh, evolution of the Sentinel. Okay. The, okay. All the Sentinels will eventually become this guy, and he's he like showed up early on, like, traveling through time, hunting everybody down. So he's, like, the robot singularity or something? Yeah. Okay. Huh. And huh. and from what they, it sounded like they were setting up before the books launched, this one is going to deal with more of, like, the background history of stuff, and then House of X is going to be, like, a, a constant moving forward. Right, okay. Timeline. Which makes sense if they're framing it up like that because this one does give you that kind of ability to jump around and tell different pieces of the story kind of simultaneously with the four different like yeah. eras that they're kind of playing with. And I really like they and also once again he did that that Jonathan Hickman very heavy thing where like throughout the entire comic there's like infographics with information described um with background and other things that give context to like what the characters are going through throughout the whole comic, which if you have the patience and enjoy those kinds of things, it's awesome. Well, and it makes it for somebody who doesn't know the X-Men. Like that's been really helpful. And I keep bugging him like, hey, wait, this says this. What does that mean? Right, right. (laughs) But it's it's been nice because at least it gives you some information that you maybe wouldn't have had because I'm not sure I could have kept following without those little infographs. Yeah, indeed. Which, I I mean, God bless you, Jonathan Hickman, for understanding that not everybody is up to date on what's going on with the X-Men, because that that is a very true statement. <laughs> well, it really plays into that wanting to get everybody involved. Right, right. And just really rebooting the whole thing. And I like that he's being able to, at least to me, I'm I'm enjoying it so far and I am totally a Fairweather X-Men fan. Like I like him, but <laughs> I don't I don't really read him consistently, but this is uh he's opening the door very nicely and leaving it there for yeah. uh, for those people that want to, you know, want to join the party to 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 come on in. Well, throughout the years they've kind of, you know, good X-Men stories have been really good, but then the rest of the time they're just like meh. Yeah, that's fair. And in this one, uh, if you've read the first one, you've you've found out that their home base is on the island of Krakoa. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And <laughs> so, as a promotion, this this week, 
they uh, they are giving out uh, seeds so that you can plant your own. Because <laughs> that seems like a good plan. <laughs> they, they have little, like, I mean, like, legitimate little seed pouches, like you get at the whatever grocery store, wherever you can buy those things. It's just super cute. Yeah. So, good stuff. <laughs> Th- good, good job, Marvel. <laughs> it was cute. That was this very cute. <laughs> what else did we have for Marvel? Um, I read the Marvel team up, the Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel. And um, this one takes place right after the L- Magnificent Miss Marvel, where like they did the whole space savior thing, and they come back, and her parents no longer remember she's uh, Miss Marvel, and so she's grounded. And um, so Captain Marvel is trying to intervene and like get her ungrounded to come fight crime. Oh, <laughs> that's nice. So. And they're all like, "Who's this blonde lady trying to get you ungrounded?" <laughs> Do they know who who uh, Carol Danvers is? They know she's Carol Danvers, and they know she's with the military. Mm. And so it's this great little scene, and I don't want to give too much away, but it's this great scene where uh, Danvers is pulling out all the stops. She's like, "We're gonna learn about a Pakistani," and you know, she's she's a great writer, and like, so she's like trying to pull out all the stops to kind of trigger those parental pride <laughs> moments and uh, let him say yes. Gotcha. That's awesome. What? How manipulative. <laughs> Yeah, can, but can uh, she that's come cool. out and play. <laughs> it's pretty much what it is. They're trying to let her come out and play. That's yeah. so funny. Good stuff, indeed. Uh, are we gonna jump over to DC, or are we gonna do some independence? Uh, I mean, uh, DC's at the top of my stack. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, DC, it is. <laughs> it was lots of Batman. There was. <laughs> there really was. Um, last night on Earth. That's the one that I read. That's the one that you read. <laughs> yeah. What did you think? I absolutely loved the horse Robin. <laughs> oh. 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 <laughs> it was amazing. As brief as it was. <laughs> rip rip horse Robin. <laughs> <laughs> can I be, can I be Robin? And I like that even like almost the last page he's still like, "Hey, can, can I talk to you?" <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite if, thing about this book. If you don't recall, Batman is wandering around the wasteland holding a a jar with the Joker's head in it, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and he really is just an annoying jerk. He just wants to be Robin. He's the kid in the back seat. Yeah, he is. Are we there yet, Papa Smurf? Right, yes. Uh, Scott Snyder's having way too much fun writing this book. Like, I love him for it, but he's having way too much fun. Oh, but that horse scene was just... That was... That was squeak-worthy laughter. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, there were some pretty good moments in this one. It's uh, it's almost too much to unpack on a short podcast like this, but they, uh, I mean, this is such a crazy Mad Maxian-style world of, of, you know, where the end of the DC Universe's timeline kind of goes. Well, and you don't want to give too much away, right, because exactly. this is where you find out what happened. Right, how yeah. it happened, and, mm-hmm. and so it's hard. who's involved. Yeah, and, God, yeah. and that page, <laughs> <laughs> just yes. like oh my God, there are so many just single images in this comic that I kind of like how the world ended. I <laughs> thought it was cool and very fitting. Mm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, oh man, and then up to the up to and including like what happens to the specter. 
Yeah. And oh man, like yeah, it, there's just it, it's such a crazy end of the timeline. You know, he gets to break all the toys in the toy box and do whatever he wants with them. And Greg Capullo is matching that with some of the best work he's ever done. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I like. I enjoyed it. It's those little snide comments where it just starts to get super serious, and then the Joker's like, "Hey, hey I get I, it. I can still be." I can still be Robin. (laughs) (laughs) Snide comments from Snyder. (laughs) 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 Sorry. (laughs) Hey, there was another one from Snyder as well, though. Um, It was the end of this one, wasn't it? It was the end of this one with a very very Stephen King-y throwback reference on the cover with uh, creepy-looking Jack Nicholson-style Batman saying, Here's Brucey. Oh, that's right, yeah. So I thought that was kind of cute. Still haven't seen that. He looks super creepy. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it um, once again, it's another one that it's super hard to talk about this without spoiling a bunch of stuff. Um, It brings the whole thing kind of crashing down with the with the Batman who laughs. Um, It sets him up to come back at some point, which I think it's the Batman Superman, right, right, right. Which I think is how close is that. To coming out is that like going to be next month? Uh, I think kind of it's a thing? next month. Okay, so that's not going to take very long for them to pick that baton back up, which is kind of cool. Well, I guess it at this point it's got to at least be next month. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I guess well, because it's. It, I think it goes the same time as um, the new Constantine run. I think they're oh. both coming out about the same time. Oh, so I didn't know October. I didn't know there was a new Constantine. Oh run. yeah, and the artist is the guy who did um, Infidel. I'm blanking on that. Um, yeah, I don't remember what his name is. I've been following him on Twitter. But it, it's too. very old school Sandman yes. style okay. Constantine. Right yes. On. That's awesome. I'm super excited. Um, yeah, because I'm huge fans of who it's written by and drawn by, and I'm drawing a complete blank on who's doing Inf- it. I know that comic, but I'm totally blanking on who the creative team was. Infidel. Oh, um, that was that kind of xenophobic yes. kind of racial horror story kind of a thing. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. No, that was really good art. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> moving right along. Jen, Jen's we'll, fact-checking. We'll tweet it out when we figure it out. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, I guess to, to round out the triage of Batman this week, we had the city of Bane. Oh, I didn't, I didn't even see that it said tie-in on the front cover. I thought this was like a proper part of this. Okay, city of Bane tie-in, <laughs> Batman Secret Files 2, which... I guess th- would maybe they did the other one from like the War of Jokes and Riddles or something. No, it was after that. It was, it was okay. later. The, yeah. the other okay. one was just like random stories. Mm-hmm. That? Okay. Yeah, it was just a bunch of different stories. Which is kind of what this one seemed like too. Um, it's just background on all of the villains that Tom King has been using with a heavy hand um, in this run of Batman. So you get a Bane story, you get a Joker story, Riddler story, uh, Psycho Pirate, Hugo Strange, and Ventriloquist. <laughs> And you get more, this one ties together more than the other Secret Files did. Like the other one, Batman was pretty much the only constant run. Whereas Mm -hmm. this one, it's why everybody wants to break him. So you get the Bane story of, did you read it? Uh, You know, I got about halfway through. This is one of the ones that I I didn't read all the way through. I mean, it's a bunch of different short vignettes and things that kind of all relate together. But I, I didn't finish it all the way through. Yeah, it's like why they all have it out for him okay. what what exactly happened that made them want to to break him or like except for the hugo strange one is more like how he's going to break him i guess but they're all connected to what he's done to take him off i guess okay 
Cool. Nice. I didn't even re- I didn't realize that Eduardo Riso did the art on one of these. If you only read one of them, you should read the Bane one because that one was all. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. Okay. It was just sad. I will have to do that. But yeah, so that's uh, that was a whole mess of Batman this week. Uh, and then there was a Justice League Dark too. Nice. It was at the annual. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was the annual, and so this one's setting them up for where it's going to continue, and so um, it's a swamp. It follows Swamp Thing. Nice. Yeah. Good old Swampy. And Constantine was in it. Uh, there was also an annual to Green Lantern with the uh, the Grant Morrison run, and I he's I think the whole thing so far has been like vignette sto- style one issue things. It, Vignette means just a short story that stands alone, if that's not a thing that, that you happen to know. Just throwing that out there. It's a weird <laughs> you got learned. Yeah, no. Um, no, I, uh, uh, shout out to, uh, to Sean, a uh, friend of the podcast. Um, trade paperback means a collected edition of single issues together in a book that is one volume of a run. That's something that we say all the time, and we've never actually described that. So that throwing that out there, if that's something that's a weird, you know, like, not, you know but not known thing. Anyways, if you have any uh, feedback, feel free to reach out to us and ask us, uh, you know, any questions that you happen to have. We uh we have the social medias, uh we're on we're on the Instagrams and the Facebooks and the and the stuff, so you know, you can reach out to us. Yeah. That's uh, AU Radio AU underscore radio on Twitter. There you go. Or you could just shoot us an email at uh podcast at ADV Underground. Yeah, so uh stuff. Anyways, Green The Green Lantern was uh was really fun. It was uh, just a weird story um stands alone. Um apparently uh Hal Jordan's I th- I actually can't remember if it's supposed to be like his like nephew or somebody, but uh has radio-based superpowers. You know, kind of on point for us, you know, a radio podcast uh people, <laughs> but uh but yeah, there are these weird electronic-based, uh, like gremlin-style things that were trying to invade and take over our world, and he was able to help him back with his powers of radio. Hmm. And then, you know, Hal Jordan was also there too. <laughs> but yeah, that was fun. I, I was just envisioning uh, the the whole opening of the MTV where video killed the radio star. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's about so right. That would be his nemesis, the mm-hmm. the, the video based guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Which I guess would be Green Lantern because he's like the vi- the visual. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, any any other uh, DCs? <laughs> uh, not on my stack. <laughs> there was an interesting uh, one that I read yesterday called the Gut Ghost. Did you read the Gut Ghost? I I it's. I get off of work super late, and then I only have so much time. But I did, fl- I couldn't not <laughs> at least take a look and flip through it. And oh my god, this comic looks delightful and gross and wonderful. Yeah, it's uh, it's from Source Point, right? Yeah, uh, so- Scout. Oh, Scout. Okay, yeah, yeah Scout, Scout Comics. Sorry, sorry guys. <laughs> uh, By it- Enzo Garza. Yeah, single so, creative person on the book. To me, it had a definite like uh, regular show feel. Okay, about uh, this this gut ghost that just really likes pizza and hanging out with his friends. <laughs> well, I, I saw that there were all sorts of other like ghouls and ghost types throughout the comic too. 
oh my god, some of that just looks gross. <laughs> oh, George it's, is flipping through it right now. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. And I'm was so confused. It, and like, in a good way, but so confused. Yeah, there's really not <laughs> a solid yes. point to the comic. It's just a little one shot of this guy. He wants to go hang out with his buddies and have a barbecue, but he messes it up and gets kicked out. And is this not going to keep going? Uh, it uh, it seems like he's done other stories, but this is like a one shot. Hopefully, he'll put out some more huh. later. And if he does, I'm I, I definitely want to read it. Yeah, uh, this I'm definitely going to have to pick this up. Yeah, it was uh, it was really good. If you like bizarre. Somewhat gross. If if you if you're not put off by uh, cartoon guts, it's like I would say it's gross, but it's not like grotesque. Like it's not like gory. It's just this this ghost that has you know his pink you know intestines just kind of hanging out of him. Yeah, and he uses them to like feel stuff, and he oh, some dude It is gross. Oh yeah, it's it's bizarre. Huh. Yeah, it's an interesting book. Check it out. Good stuff. Yeah, I, I, I feel like he's leaning just into the, you know, he's leaning into it in just, just the right way. Yeah, uh, we had one from Dark Horse, uh, Manor Black. The new, uh, new uh, Colin Bunn. Yeah, and Brian Hurt, uh, the, the creative team yeah. uh, behind the Sixth Gun, as well as Tyler Crook, who worked with Colin Bunn most recently on Harrow County. Oh, okay. So that's a, a a group of guys that have done a bunch of stuff together, and it's really good. It's I, you get like the build up for this one, like what's kind of going on and stuff, and I cool. I really enjoyed it. They jammed a lot. Yeah, it's a lot of information into this one issue. I'm somehow thinking I wasn't expecting it, just looking at it because this creative team has done you know really long projects together and stuff. But I think this might actually just be a four issue miniseries. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's going to be all that long, but uh, it, it centers around this guy uh, and this family that apparently we, are up to something shady. Yeah, <laughs> there, there's something going on with this family. They apparently have some kind of magic powers, and they pass on their magic powers through their lineage and don't quite die. There's like a big group of them in a basement somewhere, and. All decomposing and stuff, and they were they were all leaning on the main character to make sure he had his successor in place before his time came to pass. You know, from this mortal coil. Yeah, yeah it's it definitely. I'm excited to see where it's gonna go. <coughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I enjoyed it. <laughs> almost too much information in that one yeah. issue, so it, it'll. Yeah. Oh, and Constantine, it's Simon Spurrier and Aaron um, Campbell. Okay, cool. So that's, yeah, I'm excited. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was a schmuck and did not read uh, The Goon, but this is, some would say it's a, you know, not the most positive thing in the world, but I give the silver line, no, I guess not, so that's not even a nice way to say it. Um, Brett Parson just took over on doing the interiors on this book. Um you may know his work from um, the recent Tank Girl stuff, hmm. whose style is a more cartoony than the uh, Eric Powell's standard is, but it fits the style of this comic book so well that, like, I would not mind to see like a couple of story arcs from this person before they, you know, kind of. I can't tell if they're gonna uh, like keep it on on 
this art for like a really long time or if it's just going to be like a guest spot and they'll start having like rotating cast of artists come through and do that but it's the first time that Eric Powell's really let I think anybody do like main series goon stuff that's cool yes he kind of let the reins loose on the hillbilly on the last story arc. true that's true and it turned out okay. <laughs> can't can't I was, do everything I was, when you're the boss. Right, right. <laughs> I was worried, but it turned out. It was okay. <laughs> good to hear. <laughs> it was really good. I liked that story a lot. Nice. Uh, Image had a really interesting one this week in the Ice Cream Man, right? Yeah, it was really good. So it's a, oh, what's that word? Forwards and backwards. Palindrome. Palindrome. Like, not Thank love. you. What? And yeah, it's so cool. So you oh, read what? the first half of the book. Mm-hmm. And then, and you can start either way. It doesn't matter. Okay. Because the words are the same. So you read the first half of the book. And oh, what? I didn't even see that the covers are flipped on the front and the back. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. So you read the story, and then yeah. it's this guy um, who lost his husband. Mm-hmm. And so he wants to find answers. And so it's his journey to find his answers. And then you get to a certain point in the book, and whereas the first part of it goes, a certain way when you read it the second time it changes the story just enough that it's really really cool nice so if you haven't been reading ice cream man you can still read this one <laughs> and not be confused because it's it's a completely separate story but it is so neat i really liked it this is one of the most unique weird out of left field comics that like I don't think anybody was ever expecting, but the people that enjoy it tend to really, really enjoy it. I read all twelve back issues in one day. Like I oh, could wow. not put it down. Nice. I really <laughs> like the series. They've really been experimenting with uh, yeah. with storytelling on that one, haven't they? They've done some really cool, fun ones. I really liked the uh, the Neapolitan issue. Yes, that one was really good. That one was cool. The the strawberry, chocolate, and vanilla paths of this one dude's story, depending on if he went left, straight, or right on any given day. And or, then all like, of the the one part of the story was brown, and one part of the story mm-hmm. was pink, and one part was white. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. Yep. And every issue is like that. It's something unique and different. Right. And they're not, the only constant is the ice cream man. Yep. Is in the background somewhere. And I missed him. I got so engrossed in the story. I don't know where he is in this one. So I'll have to reread it because I didn't see him. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> but, gotcha. Well, he's on, he's on the cover. He's telling you you can go whichever way you want. Yeah. Um, uh, what else did we have? Uh, Crow Hackslash. Oh, yeah. We read that one. Crow Hackslash. Oh, nice. I'm loving this one. I only just recently got into Hackslash. Uh, Corey had told me about it a few times, but I was like, ah, yeah, sure. And then I finally just sat down and started reading it, and I love that storyline. Nice. <laughs> the The whole concept of it's just the best parts of slasher movies yeah. thrown into this book. And then uh, they, they start doing all these crossovers, they did one with Chucky, and they did uh, all these other ones. And this one is crossing over with The Crow. Are they adversaries or friends? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Cassie has a uh, you know uh, an inborn mistrust of mm. The Crow, because anything that uh, is angry enough to come back from the dead is... <laughs> Got to be a bad guy. Yeah. Sure, sure. <laughs> so... I'm, I'm discovering that I am a huge um, Seeley fan. Yeah, Tim, <laughs> Tim Seeley. I have yet to read anything of his that I didn't like. Yeah, 
And this is yeah, it's re- on that I'm list. really Did liking this one. We had a new issue of Dark Red last week, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Which was really good. Nice. Um, and then the last one I read was Sabrina, the Teenage Witch. Yeah. And that's kind of the more all ages, yeah, this palatable is the one. one. Yeah. Okay. This isn't the horror one. Right. 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 Um, and it's really cute. It's it's very sweet, and I really like how this one ended. <laughs> yeah. But I can't say. Very nice. Has to do with the the ants. Uh, they have to go and kind of clean up a mess of hers, right? Well, because so at the beginning of the series, you've got all these random monsters showing up, and we're trying to figure out like what's going on. And um, so the ants investigated that and didn't come back. Am I making it up that her ants' names are Agatha and Christie? No, no. Or yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Uh, that's not true. Okay, it's, uh, I don't know why I had uh, that in my head. <laughs> I don't right. remember their names, but that's not it. Okay, I had it until just then. Aha! Good job, me. Anyway, <laughs> getting stuff wrong and messing it up for others. And uh, yeah, do we do we have any uh, any cool trades coming out? This you know, week? we had Dark Ark. There you go. Uh, volume, which volume is this? Four? I I I took a picture of the trade wall on my phone, but it's charging over on the other side of the oh, room, okay. so <laughs> I don't have it. I don't know. Um, I think three, if I'm not mistaken. That sounds about right. I think volume three. I was just putting them on the wall last night before. Zelda and Vestia. That's right. Yeah. We should have known Zelda. Okay. Oh, gotcha. (laughs) Sorry. Ants' names are Zelda and Vesta. Fair enough. Uh, And uh, uh, coincidentally, there was a new volume of Zelda out. Yeah. Uh, Volume five. Of the Twilight Princess? Which is, all of those are super, they have such pretty artwork in them. Yeah, and I can never keep them on the shelf. <laughs> well, I think we got we got a decent amount of them. So if you if you want to if you want the latest and greatest Zelda graphic novel, it's downstairs. Come and get it. And you also had the second volume of Spill Zone, which is a really cool post-apocalyptic story. There's like some big thing happens, and um, everybody gets stuck in their shadows. And it's oh, a wow. it's huh. a YA one, and it's by Scott Westerfield, who's the guy who wrote the book where at 16 you have to have plastic surgery to make everybody perfect, hmm. and then a huh. group of teenagers run away and rebel. and And this one is um, about a girl who goes in and takes pictures of the shadows, and the people that kind of want to find out why she can get pictures and why she. It's right. really good. Hmm. I really it's liked a, it. It's a good week for for YA books too, because yeah. we had uh, Dear Justice League. Oh yeah, that one's oh, so yeah. cute. I read the Free Comic Book Day one, and it's mm. just a bunch of people writing letters to like Dear Superman, and then he right. writes back. It's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had uh, Making Friends. Yeah, that yeah. one I've heard really good things about, but I haven't read that one. Yeah, we got a restock of the Adventure Zone. Um, we ran out of our first few copies very promptly, and got a pretty decent restock this week. So Adventure Zone Volume Two. And I can't remember what the subtitle is, but yeah, people have been digging that. Murder at something. I don't know. Anyway. <coughs> but uh, yeah. So yeah, that's uh, it's about time there. Uh, next week we have another guest, right? Uh, I think so. Uh, that has been the plan. And ideally we'll, uh, we'll get him on board and get him down here to talk about the uh, Absolute Carnage event and what he thinks of, uh, you know, some of the lead up to it and... They've been uh, doing a lot of big, uh, I don't know, not world building, but (laughs) a lot of like big character development with Venom and his background um, in the last like year or so. Donny Cates has been doing a lot with him, so 
we'll get an opinion on where all of that's going and uh, go from there. Yeah, I could have sworn that was this week, but it's next. Yep, yep. <laughs> and uh, yeah, again, if you want a chance to come on and rant about your favorite comic book character or whatever, yeah, uh, become a patron of the AU Radio podcast and uh, shoot us a message and we'll, we'll see what we can do. Yep. Sounds good. With that, we'll uh, we'll run downstairs and start running shop and selling comics. And uh, thank thanks for recording this morning, Jen. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Yeah, Travis. Thanks for recording. Sure. <laughs> Bye. You've been listening to AU Radio Comics Corner. Music is provided by Cubby and Bensound.com. Views expressed do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Adventures Underground. AU Radio Podcast is a production of Adventures Underground Copyright 2018 All Rights Reserved. If you'd like to contact the show, follow us on Twitter at AU underscore radio, Facebook at AU Radio Podcast, Instagram at AU.radio, or you can email the show at podcast at advunderground.com. You can also support this show and all the shows on AU Radio by becoming a patron of the AU Radio Network. Find us on Patreon as AU Radio at Adventures Underground. You can help us create this podcast and soon several others with as little as a dollar a month. Thanks for listening. Thank you.